This is how I know Chibi is not yeah, it, it, at all. on no. our team <laughs> and plays oh. for a specific team <laughs> different the, from ours. The fact that the Carl fact that he, with the, no, the Carl with the C and the fact that Utah and, and jazz, jazz are two different words. Like Utah, Utah hype and jazz. Like I was like, I didn't know Utah had a like a vibrant jazz scene. They happening. don't. Yeah, they, they, they do. They they actually well, do. They have a very vibrant jazz scene in Utah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Salute. Salute. Salute, everybody. My name is Chibi. I just took a shot. <laughs> that was Rooster. And this is After Two Tequila Shots, the podcast where we talk about current events, whatever's happening in our life, basically whatever we want. After taking two tequila shots, it is unfiltered, uncensored, unpredictable, but always distilled. Let's go, people. My name is Chibi. I'm a poet, performer, publisher, producer, and community organizer. Uh, and this week, I got trashed with some uh, Puerto Ricans and Baltimoreans at the same time. That hey. was, yeah, that was that was a, that was a good time. Uh, my name is Rooster Martinez. I'm an author, and I just took a shot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, my turn. My turn is... Yes. This well, we, maybe we should set this up better. So we do have a special guest on the pod from the Horribly Good Guys podcast, uh, near dear, dear friend, fellow San Antonio podcaster uh, in his own right. Uh, we have Paul. Round of applause for Paul. Or get them uh, uh, special uh, effects. You got... Yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah. round of applause. Yeah. Round of applause for Paul. There it is. Hey, Paul. Appreciate that. Uh... I guess I should have told you before we started. Uh, Horribly Good Guys is now no longer a podcast. Oh, <laughs> breaking news! You didn't know. Breaking no, news! Yeah, yeah, yeah. The so, podcast is done. So basically, give us a one-line bio and then tell us something the something, something uh, current uh, about I, yourself. I, I, I'm Paul. I do a lot of stuff. I uh, what do I do now? I do stuff, and um, I don't know something about myself. Uh, this week, I didn't get fired from my day job. Hey. Which, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I almost oh, do you got. be pushing it with your day job? Oh, I be pushing. Because like some people, like Chibi, when you worked for Mac, did you used to like push the like I almost am about to get fired? I miss. Mean, there were definitely moments where I was like, um, I think I fucked up royally, and I might be in trouble for this. Right. But uh, you liked your job. I did. I did like my job. Now that I am past my job, I God, how did I survive for nine years? Right. Uh, in that environment, because uh, retail. Do you like your job, Paul? Yeah, I, I, that's the crazy thing. I love my job. Like it just, I I, I interact with customers yeah. at my job, and so every now and then a customer will do. Some dumb shit, mm. and uh, I, I basically snapped on a lady. Uh, like, I, yeah, I was like, I don't know who the fuck you talking to. Mm. You were like, this sweet tea deserves sugar, <laughs> yeah, okay? So, you don't uh, fucking. That turned into a, uh, let me, uh, that turned into a, I wanna talk to your manager. Uh, and I was like, oh. all right, here's his number, goddammit. Like, what are we doing? Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, if, if this is what we doing, this is what we doing. So, yeah, she called uh, my boss. My boss was like, uh, Hey Paul, the the lady said that you uh that you use the F word and I said I don't use F words, so I don't know <laughs> what the fuck she's talking about. <laughs> and my manager just laughed at me, so I was like, That's yeah. That's funny. Uh, that reminds me of this comedian that I saw last night was talking about how like she speaks three languages English, Spanish, and Caucasian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and there's a difference between English and Caucasian. Yes. And in English, she would say, yo, homie, that's not right. Like, you can't be doing that. And in Caucasian, she would say, I would like to speak to your manager. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And, Very much so. Um, yeah. 
And today... Today! So if uh, you're joining us for the first time, you don't know what we're doing. We drink two tequila shots, and then we just talk about whatever's going on in the world. And sometimes more during the, sh- the we, course of the show. Definitely more during the show, but we start the baseline Yeah, is two tequila shots. So why don't you tell me about this 1800 that you brought over today, Rooster? Uh, it is room temp 1800, because I refuse to uh, keep drinking frozen wow. uh, tequila. Wow. Every single Sunday or Saturday. Wow. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's, I, I think it's smooth. I feel like those warm are shots to the chest. fired. Warm to the chest. You uh-huh. know, nice. It's kind of that. I think, so how do you feel about Patron? I, I hate it. Right. Yeah. Similarly. Yes. I feel like 1800 is what Patron, what Patron fans should, yes. should be aspiring to at I all times. I agree. When I like first started to like really get into tequila, uh, 1800 was like my go-to. Yeah. Reposado, not Blanco. We're drinking Blanco tonight, yes. which is fine. Uh, tonight, today, what time of the day is it? Uh but 1800 was kind of like my go-to. And I feel like price range too. It's yeah. a good middle of the road kind of price range. Yeah. It's solid. Paul, Paul don't drink, but that's cool. Paul, as the non-drinker in the room, what do you? How do you feel about eighteen hundred? You know what? It 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 was a weird year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, middle Ages. It was a middle. Was that? No, that was the Middle Ages. No, that was, that, was, uh, that was not the Middle Ages. Where is it? Wait. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> It was a weird year. Uh, so much happened in the 1800s. Um, Anywho's all. We're not here to talk about the 1800s at all, ladies and gentlemen. We are here to talk about what's currently going on in the world. So we're going to get into our major news events recap for the week. Uh, this is the meaty part of the section. But with the three of us, everything's meaty. <laughs> As the only queer person in the room, I'm allowed to say that. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Chibi used a word the other night that he could only use because he's like, we can't use the word. Right. Like it was it was a word that I was like, I it made me pause, like, wait, oh, but did you, know you pause? What? Oh, I pause. No I, no, I didn't pause. I, but I but I he I took was, pause. I was taken aback because yeah. I was like, oh, I can't use that yeah, word. No, for sure. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. like that. Was happens, it bussy? Yeah. Oh, no, one bussy. I'll say bussy all day long. I don't shit. Bussy. <laughs> it was the C word. It was a C word. Oh, yeah. yeah I, won't, right. I, I won't go into it, but yeah, it was a C word. And I went, right. I can't use that word. Mm. You never use that word during horribly good guys? Nah. Okay. No, right. no, no. It's, Ma- yeah, respect. It's, it's one of the, like, so words that I want, that, that's a word I won't use. And I won't use, um, uh, I will, I don't refer to women. As bitches, I say bitches a lot, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't refer to women as bitches because it's disrespectful. So I, yeah. So okay. the c word and calling women bitches, okay, is the line. I call random things the c word, like things that are usually not even people. Sure. Stub sure. my toe. The table is a c word. <coughs> yeah. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. It. I mean, you have to in order to use the c word, you have to have charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's literally just because I watch too much British like gangster dramas, so that's why it's just in there. Gotcha. Like, uh, uh, yeah, but we're not here to talk about the scene. <laughs> <word. laughs> uh, you put this in here, Rooster. Uh, talk to me. Talk to us. What is happening? All right. So the first major news event that we kind of want to bring up here. 
uh, has to do with what do we do with old authors or older comedians who use the C word who definitely (laughs) use the C word or use uh, language that maybe in 2023 standards isn't up to par. So Roald Dahl, the famous author who wrote things like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, The Witches and many, many more uh, books. Uh, his publisher has now gone on to produce a line of books where there's been slight edits to the book. Uh, things where like terms like fat are now removed and replaced, uh, especially ableist kind of writing mm-hmm. that is sort of made to seem like, oh, this person's sketchy because they have a quote unquote crooked walk or something like that uh-huh. um, is now being changed. And it causes huge black backlash on mm-hmm. Twitter mm-hmm. and other social media platforms from other authors, from like writers. There's an article uh, in uh, CNN about it. Uh, and how it actually reinforces prejudices. So I guess what I'm saying is, is uh, what do we say? Do we go back and edit Rodol, Mark Twain? Do we go back and cancel like Eddie Murphy's Raw? Which if, if you've ever seen Raw, that is a hard watch in 2023. Which I'm just going to be real transparent. I haven't. It's all good. <laughs> I disagree. Okay. You you disagree about editing or you just disagree? No, I disagree that Eddie Murphy's Raw is a hard oh, watch. Oh, no. I mean, it's still hilarious. There's some hilarious parts. Yeah, no. It's it's offensive yeah. in 2023, but it's still funny. Oh, like, it's very yeah. funny, yeah. You just have to, you know, go, okay, this was done in what? In 87? Yeah, 86. like 87, 88. It was done before yeah. the 90s. So you got to know that this is what it was. You got to put it in context. And I think that's... That's where I'm kind of like landing on this issue is that, you know, they say if you, if you don't learn history, you're doomed to repeat the past. Right. Or something like that. Right. I don't know. Uh, and so this kind of like re editing, republishing, like we're going to change it so that it's now up to like 2023 standards feels like we're erasing history so that we don't have to like talk about it anymore. And it's like if then the next generation, this is all they learn. Like they don't know how far we've come. Right. And mm. what those changes were and why we don't do whatever it is that we don't do anymore. Like to me, it feels like, it feels like one of those things where it's like an erasure of history. And like, while we don't operate within those same standards, it's still important to know that that was once what the reality was. Sure. In order for us to continue to move forward in whatever trajectory that it is that we are moving forward in. So I kind of disagree just a little bit. I love this. Just a little bit. Because so here's the difference is Eddie Murphy's Raw, for instance, was a performance. You see the performance is recorded by the great Robert Townsend. Like mm-hmm. it, this is what it is. And it exists sort of as its own thing. Mm-hmm. Similarly, Rodal's books were like that. But these are and this is what I think. It gets complicated with when you have publishers, much like the record industry or much like these institutions that own the rights to something and then republish, republish, republish. He sold over 300 million copies of his book. So the original version is out there in full. You mm-hmm. can get that. Mm-hmm. So sort of if if you're still republishing to then get new monies, I, I somewhat understand. Let's tweak it for the now while you still have the old available, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But like. I do I do hear your point about erasing erasing something that once was. I'm hearing you want to have your cake and eat it too. Well, I mean, I'm not the one who's making the decision <laughs> to make these changes like and truthfully the publisher has since like pulled back. Like they they've they heard the the response they recalled and decided to not do it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I I'm I'm kind of with Chibi on this though. I, th- I it's it's a 
the work represents the time that it was written. Mm -hmm. And so even if you're still reselling it, it still represents the time that it was written. Now, if they take the book in any of his work and say, let's make a, a 2023 movie about it, right. like take, take the work and make a new movie about it, then yeah, you want to adjust it for the times when you're creating a piece for this time. A new piece. Right, but, but the work was written based on when it was written. I just saw um, something similarly, the... Church of England is now making the Bible um, mm. um, gender inclusive mm. in okay. places where they can. And I'm like, well, eh. Sure. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, but see, I think the Bible is a great example because how many times has that been edited to fit agendas? If we're oh, no, really no, no, talking no, no, about okay, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that's a different argument, <laughs> yes, though. Yes, yes. Right. No, but second. I think the publishers here are fitting an agenda, which is we are now, because I agree to your point, but I also say. Which point? The eh? <laughs> yeah, the eh. <laughs> I agree to the part that, like, yeah, the material is not necessarily new. And if you were to make a movie or something like that, you update it. But the audience, the reason they republish it is because you have new audiences. Mm -hmm. And the audiences are very different than from when they first came out. Mm -hmm. And so, in order to meet their sensibilities, I, I see why they do it. I'm not, I'm not so saying. So, are you siding with capital? No, well, no. Yes. I'm yes. siding with. Well, no. What I'm saying is, is that if capitalists are going to do push a product out more than once, mm -hmm. then that what they decide to do with it is their but choice. This goes back to the conversation that we were having just a couple mm -hmm. of days ago about. Um, what kind of like creative control? No, totally. Yeah, one yeah, yeah. has right, and so it sounds but I'm like at this still point, alive. yes, sure, sure, yes. But it sounds like at this point, you know, like Roald Dahl, I mean, clearly has no say well, in what happens with his work because, right. But, but let me let me hit Paul with this real quick because you know how like artists, uh, music artists specifically, like Lil Wayne, just sold his entire like a whole chunk of his catalog yep. for like six hundred million dollars, three hundred million dollars, or something like that. Hmm. This is very similar to what. <laughs> Authors after usually after they pass away happens. Mm -hmm. Their estate is not about to manage their whole entire book catalog that people are still really adamant about getting. Mm -hmm. So they sell it, they get a big check, and then it just it no longer belongs to anyone. Mm -hmm. And that's similar to like what happens to Little Wayne. So like if but now since Little Wayne doesn't own the rights to his stuff anymore, if they decide, hey, we're gonna get a Little Wayne sound alike to then change the words to lollipop or, you know what I mean, five, <laughs> any of those songs. So are you, are you saying you're in favor that, or you would support like a recording label to it's not about change, support. to change, but you would condone. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that this is the way that the current operating system is. Now, okay. and, and I think that's, I think that's the conversation I'm saying. I don't know what I'm saying is, is like in this case, Rodol doesn't isn't one isn't alive. Two has like the ability to sort of make these creative decisions or or, or push back against these creative decisions, and the capitalists who own the property make the decisions. Mm -hmm. And what I'm saying is is like similar. If here's another good example: the Beatles didn't own the rights to their to That's their what music. I was going to say. So like, and could so somebody then when, come out with Hey Judy? No, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> but when the, when Nike put Revolution on a Nike commercial, the Beatles got mad. Because they were like, no, this song is literally about revolution, not about selling sneakers. Uh -huh. So like that, like, again, it's it's not very, very dissimilar. No, it's not. But at the same time, someone got a fat check. And in the case of the Beatles, I'm pretty sure it was Michael Jackson because he bought a lot <laughs> of, of Beatles catalog. I, I think this all goes down to, though, just the the 
original work, right? And so w- whether we talk about Lil Wayne or Rodal or whoever, like the original work is what it is for the reason of it being written, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like I would say even if it's purchased by someone new and the what the the change you make if you're going to make a change is you come out and say you put a you put a label on it. You put a label saying, "Hey, this work was recorded or written at this period." Sort of like what Disney did when they started re-releasing all of their old movies. Very you, true. You, you open sure. it up with saying, "This work was written in 1936." Or mm-hmm. in Lil Wayne's case, this was written in, <laughs> 2003. in 2003. And what a year! And he's gonna say the f word a lot uh-huh. and uh-huh. not fuck. Just he's no, gonna yeah. say it a lot, and you just have to say, "Okay, like this is." But this that's, is what it and is. that's why I'm approaching it from maybe an archival standpoint of yeah. like to pres- to okay. understand what the times were. We can't then just like pretend like the times never happened by then moving forward with like, well, here's the new 2023 version so that we can keep making money off of this thing. Sub question. And this goes to the movie Tar, which I know you saw. Yes. Remember the scene where they were covering, I think it was Wagner or someone. And then the student is unhappy because it's like, I don't listen to this. Yes. So again, but this is 2023 sensibilities uh-huh. where it's like, okay, let's say you're teaching a creative writing class for children's books and you put Rodal on the syllabus mm-hmm. and someone pushes back and say, I don't really want to be, why are we studying this? Like this doesn't matter in the context of me wanting to be a children's author. Let's update it. Mm-hmm. So there's still other ways of erasing out authors or canceling like how we have it now mm-hmm. um and 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 the, how rather than contextualizing rather than looking at it more nuancedly like that's just not happening so what i'm saying is is i think that the that the capitalist evil <laughs> publishers <laughs> are sort of like skirting around that capitalist in, evil in a way save well save that like that should just be the drop for like every <laughs> single show <laughs> The capitalist evilness. I didn't hear a question, but I understand the sentiment that you're saying. But that's why, like, you know, if we want to talk about like 2023 sensibilities and like how we're operating and thinking as a mentality and what we should be teaching and moving forward, then don't include it in your in your curriculum. You know, like or there there are ways to uh, there are ways to highlight like what it is that we can learn from it without necessarily going into whatever it is that is now problematic in the 2020s right i mean i kind of agree but you can do that and this is literally what the whole point of this conversation was because like authors like mark twain others like gloria zandua who like gets taught plenty of times like there have been sort of problematic links in there Mm -hmm. and then when you talk about rappers you know and music it gets even more complicated real homophobic i I mean dmx one of the greats but listen to a record (laughs) as soon as that growl starts i'm like wait i'm sorry what did you just say yeah I mean, uh, I know, no, no. I know the voice, and I've definitely well, heard DMX on certain tracks, but I, I, I could not name a single DMX song <laughs> if I had to. Gun to my head would, would not. I'd be dead. Why, why am I here? No, I'm here here because you, you successfully put Rodal and Lil Wayne in the same sentence. Exactly, <laughs> and exactly. That's why you're here. And, and, and Rooster is the glue. <laughs> Rooster is, is the uh, uh, help me out here with the thing from Thor, the the rainbow. Thing. Oh, I'm the, the Bifrost. The yes, Bifrost. Rooster is the Bifrost between you and me, Paul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, like I am the Rainbow Bridge. <laughs> like, like no DMX. Like, like, like. Uh, he was he was on a couple of soundtracks, right? Oh God. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what I deal with, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Audience, you let us know what you think. Let us know your thoughts. We haven't received enough emails, uh, so let us know your thoughts on anything that we're talking about, or if there's anything that you want us to talk mm-hmm. about after two tequila shots. You can send us an email to or af- d- DM Chibi and or me or and now DM. Paul occasionally and, or DM. But uh, <laughs> I but hope you get DMs <laughs> for this show. Like, hey, Paul, I heard you on this other podcast talking about X, Y, and Z. Can you tell them? Roll doll and Lil Wayne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you, you can email us at Can you tell that bitch yeah. asshole Who's never heard any DMX songs that, <laughs> Oh no um, I'm putting together a playlist Okay Yeah, yeah I'll I'm take putting it. together a playlist I once did that Back in 2008 I had a flatmate And I was like I don't know hip hop or rap Can you put together like a playlist Of what I should know And send that to me You know what I'm gonna and send you And he did And um, my life I'm gonna was send you the playlist That I created for my son I, I, I made a playlist for my son Of just like I put it in two parts And it's uh, Hip hop From my top 100 It's just like Boom boom mm-hmm. He's listened to it once Okay mm. <laughs> I will probably listen to it Multiple times Yeah Cause okay. I, I'm, I'm a lover of music In general okay. I just gravitate to Florence and the Machine, you know? It's coming your way. Okay, I'll take it. Um, Let's move on. Let's move on, because I feel like we've... I feel like we've covered most of what we wanted to say in this regard, and we will just stay with where we're at. Uh, This past week was President's Day. Yeah. On Monday, which um, my my organization observes all national holidays. So Mm. I was like, oh, great. I forgot I didn't have work on Monday uh, and got trashed over the weekend. But the reason I bring this up um, for those of you that don't know, I grew up in a small border town called Laredo, Texas, Laredo, which is about two and a half hours south of um, of San Antonio. Two and minutes north of Mexico. N- not even. <laughs> That's true. A second north yeah. of Mexico. You could literally walk across, yeah. you know, and you're, you're in downtown Laredo and then you cross a bridge and you're in Mexico. And so the, the town is basically 98, and I say town uh, very loosely because there's maybe like 200,000 people that live there or something like That's that. That's a big city. Though. It's, it's a city. Yeah. It, when you take into account the fact that like Laredo is actually two cities true. that act as one because there's Laredo and Nuevo Laredo on yeah. the other side of the border and Constantly, people are going back and forth, and some people live over there and work over here, or work over here and live over there, whatever you know. Like, so when you take into account the entire metropolitan area that is the two Laredos and the surrounding small border towns, it's at least half a million, mm. at least, if not more. But it is ninety-eight point five percent Mexican mm-hmm. or Mexican American, and one point five percent everything else. <laughs> this city, in the month of February. For because of President's Day, has the nation's largest Washington birthday celebration ever. Do you know anything about the history of Laredo doing like starting that? I don't. I because I like I, it's not for me. Like I was, you just were already checked out when I, you knew one hundred percent. You know because it's one of those things that's also for like the the upper class of Laredo, right? Mm. So there's like a pageant called the Marthas. Wait. What? There's a pageant called the Marthas where people dress up as Martha and George Washington, and it's like a debutante's ball, but dressed up in these giant, you know, <laughs> Laredo. What are you doing? You know, with with the, like straight up with the wigs and everything. And then there's another one called the Pocahontas. 
Uh, sure. Where, the, where people spend like thousands of dollars to create these elaborately. You're not beaded. trolling us. No. Okay. I'm for real. People spend thousands of dollars to create these elaborate beaded uh, dresses and, and costumes and garbs. And then, you know, like are presented at this ball. And then someone is crowned like the Pocahontas, like every year there's like the Martha who is okay. like celebrated as like the most influential woman of Laredo. And here she is in this giant poofy thing. And then there's also a parade sure. that happens, of course. And then they have the Jambuzi, which is the like, Oh, here, we're going to give the lower class folk a little something like Jambuzi is they closed, <laughs> they closed down all of downtown Laredo uh. and there's just stages with, bands and live music it's like their attempt to be acl uh they i mean we've brought down zz top uh, like it's it's, wow. it's a whole a whole month of the biggest fucking party that is happening in laredo and it's all in the name of george washington and can we just talk about that i would love to hear your thought like i'm gonna bring up some images so that you know that i'm not making this up please uh, wbca laredo so i'm gonna start by saying this like when you started talking about it my first where my brain went was, well, that, I mean, that's okay, because, like, San Antonio has the largest, what, ML King March? Yeah. It, with, with such sure, a small, but you all have, I mean, with, I don't know. With such a small black population. But then I thought, wait a minute, but this is completely different. Like, yeah. that's where my brain went, but I'm like, wait, this isn't that, though. This is, <laughs> this is. This is extra on a different level. Yeah, this well, is, but I would say this, though, because Laredo also has sort of, like, a small town kind of feel to it. It does. And, and this, and I don't know. How many small towns you been? Like quite a few. Yeah. It, like it, you know, well, like you know, this then you'll get what I'm about to say. So you know how sometimes small towns have their random like festivals? Because like when I lived in Central Texas and Colleen and in yeah. Cobbers Cove, they used to have the Rabbit Fest. And right, it was just right. this spring festival just called the Rabbit Fest. Okay. Same kind of concepts. They had the Rabbit Fest King and Queen. Sure, but they had but, carnivals. But there are rabbits in the area. No. There's no rabbits no. in Colleen? <laughs> no, this is in Copper's Cove. In no. Copper's Cove. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no. It just, it just, it was a, it was, or better yet, did you know that San Marcos, Texas is a unofficially or officially, I don't know, we get, we gotta look it up, the mermaid capital of the, of, of America? I didn't know that. Wait, what? Exactly. A landlocked San Marcos. <laughs> Look at this. Look at this. That's nuts. For the listeners, there is pageantry and there are people in indigenous garb, in Mexican sort of mariachi and floral garb, and 1800s George Washington <laughs> garb. It all comes back. And is that Lieutenant Ken Paxton in That's the background? That's Lieutenant Ken Paxton yes, in the background. I'm mad that I know what he looks like. I'm mad that I can pick him out of a lineup. That's how much... Everything about this is problematic, though. I, look at this. Like, look, like, wait, is this a video? Tell me this is a video. No, it's not. It says YouTube. It says YouTube. It says YouTube. Can we can we go there? Um, look, I get it. Like, pe things have their regional whatevers. You know, my roommate in college was from Niceville, Florida. Sure. And Niceville hosted the annual mullet festival that, hey. that celebrated both the hairstyle That's and the fish. Thing. That makes sense. That makes sense. For Florida. You know what doesn't make sense? George Washington. Since 1898, the Washington's Birthday wow. Celebration has played host to the biggest and brightest birthday party for George Washington in Laredo, Texas. A yeah, tradition like the three that three white people in Laredo has evolved into a celebration that consists of more than 25 events in over 30 days. Airplanes. From two parades, a fireworks display, a jalapeno festival, and more, this homage to the father of our country attracts right, over 500,000 no, no, no. people to... Here's my question. 
does Laredo do any other sort of major? Okay, then that's what it is. No, no, no. Here, here, here's here's my. When beat. you say major, like major, like month long or whatever. Like we have Fiesta in San Antonio. Um, I, well, actually, it, yeah, it, among a lot of other, we just have a lot of monthly festivals in San Antonio. <laughs> here, here's my take on this, and and I'm I'm gonna just say it. It seems like this is a month long celebration. During February, yeah, they're like fuck Black History Month. Yes. We're gonna celebrate George Washington. Wait, wait, wait! The Princess Pocahontas pageant and ball. Can we? The Laredo Civic Center Auditorium is transformed to a time when Native American oh, tribes wow. reigned supreme for the Princess Pocahontas pageant and ball. Debutantes and representatives donned beaded outfits and feathered headdresses during this elaborate presentation. Princess Pocahontas can also wow. be seen trotting so down racist. San Bernardo Avenue on horseback this, as part of the Anheuser-Busch so, Washington's so birthday parade. What's wild is I've been on San Bernardo Avenue, <laughs> so the fact that they're even doing this, this like Pocahontas yeah. would be offended to be on San Bernardo <laughs> Avenue. George Washington Washington would be offended to be in Laredo. <laughs> on the summit. <laughs> actually, yeah. Can you imagine George Washington actually in Laredo? Bro, he would be like, yo, shut this party down and get me back up to Maryland. The Society of Martha Washington's Colonial. Like, this is the thing. This is intense. So now y'all understand when I was growing up in Laredo, they were trying to Americanize me as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, this, this, it's, to me, to me, it feels like a sort of internalized racism so what's the question are we canceling laredo i don't know what the question is i don't I, my answer is why my question is why is this still a thing uh that's I'm, my that's my take i honestly think it's it's the small town fest it's y'all's big festival because a mm. lot of towns and cities have their major festival for like us it's fiesta uh, for Cobbers Cove, Texas, it was the rabbit, rabbit thing. And so for y'all, it's just y'all chose the guy on the dollar bill. D please don't include me in this y'all. And you know, okay. I can see that though. It's, it's, it probably started off as just a small thing and it kept growing and somebody found a way to capitalize off of it because mm -hmm. capitalism is evil. Because capitalism. And so it probably started off as a small festival celebrating just George Washington and turned into... Whatever this atrociousness why, is. Why does Laredo celebrate George Washington? It was so revered in the United States and Mexico that we honor him. Who's Garza? We got to check that. We got to oh, fact check Garza. We got to fact check Garza. Uh, yeah, it's always like, as someone who grew up in Laredo, it's always been something that felt like really weird to me. Sure. And I completely did not understand it. And, and I still wait, don't. There's a Washington's Birthday Celebration Association. Yeah, this is the association that puts together the month long. <laughs> they, they have spend an address. The whole, they spend 11 months planning have one month of the space. year. They have office space. Yeah, it's, it's a legit thing. Like so established that like to go to anyone in Laredo and be like, we can't be doing this. Y'all got to do something for black history, though. No, I agree no, with no. Paul. Like, that's, here's, here's what I'm thinking. We need to write them a letter or mm -hmm. just go down there. It's just Laredo. Yeah. Go down there and let them know that next year we're coming. Like we are. We, Who's we? Um, San Antonio? Black people. Okay. Black people. <laughs> Ask black me people. if there's ever been a black wa George Washington. Oh, God. There has, I know there has never been a. George Washington Carver. How, <laughs> how do I put my name in a hat? Uh -huh. That's How do I put my name in a hat? I, I want to be the first black George Washington of the Laredo's Washington birthday celebration. I, I would maybe co-sign that. Right, let's do it. 
that'll that'll be that'll be the culmination of this entire podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're getting Paul <laughs> getting in the Laredo Washington birthday celebration. I, yeah, it's 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 an anomaly to me, and it's one of these things where like Latinos be trying to be so white. Latinos be so white sometimes, right? And uh, that's the dichotomy of Laredo, where it's like it's such a like if you ever go visit Laredo, it's it's Mexico on American soil, right? But there's this very uh, there's this undertone of whiteness that casts a very, I don't know. It's it's strange. And it, and again, it's kind of like here where we have the largest. Uh, I don't know if it's officially, unofficially, the largest MLK march in the United States. Mm-hmm. And people, even people who've lived here their whole lives, are like, really? Like, but here, there's a, but here, there's a there's a strong, vibrant black community. No, there's not. We're less than we're less than ten percent. Less, yeah. less. Than, I, I think we're down to under seven percent. But it's not about but, it's not about numbers for me. It's about the community itself. You know, like. But that's why I think we have the is biggest is because nah. in places like Atlanta or or even Houston. You would probably have like multiple marches and multiple things, mm-hmm. so it's spread out amongst right. the city. Whereas here, it's the only one, and all six point seven percent of y'all come <laughs> out and force, and then everyone else is like, "Oh, we got to support." So we come out, and it's just big as shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Martin Luther King, no, I mean George Washington. <laughs> yeah, no. like, we're, we're not putting them on the same plate here. Uh, I, real quick, I'll tell you this: uh, when we were, when I still had the uh, radio show, we were on uh, on the air as the uh, Gumbo Pot. Yeah. I legit was planning to um, get a bunch of strippers mm-hmm. and have strippers march and, oh, ha- no. and holding a banner that said the gumbo pot. Like I, yeah, I yeah. planned it all the way out. Uh, unfortunately, that was the same year that my mother was the keynote speaker. Oh. <laughs> so I, I was like, I got to cancel this. Like I, I, I can't have strippers marching with my mother being keynote speaker. <laughs> long story less long, the gumbo pot and horribly good guys support sex workers. Oh, yes. As we do. Yes. As, as we all do. Yes. yes. As we all do. Um, I just found out a friend of mine does sex work. Hey, shout out to her. I found this out um, Wednesday night. No, shout out to him. OnlyFans? Yeah. Hey, shout out to him. Yeah. Shout out to the OnlyFans. I, do, do I know him? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay, yeah, yes. I knew that. Yes. Oh, I, knew that. I, I just found out this week. I was like, what? <laughs> OnlyFans and the Just for Fans. No, yeah, yeah. And, and when he told me how much he made, I was like, shit, I should start an OnlyFans. No, I really be thinking about that for feet pics because I'm just like... <laughs> Like, I'm like, because I'm not, sorry, audience, you're going to get too much information. I got, like, hairy feet, right? So I'm thinking, like, a whole, like, Shire, Lord of the Rings, like, photo setup sub-genre. for my feet. Yeah. Sub-genre of foot, of foot pics. Uh-huh. And just Hobbit going out feet. like that. Yeah. Put a ring on one of them. Ah! Yeah, yeah. That'd be dope. I will not subscribe. Uh, uh, yeah, don't, don't even mention it again. <laughs> I don't know how to move on from that, except to say we're moving on from that. Talking about Latinidad and uh, and what it means to be Latino and or Latine, uh, Latinx. You brought this to our attention, Rooster, of how the Biden administration is now going to include Latino, Latina, Latine as a race option, as an option for race. They're discussing this? it. They're discussing it. OK, yes. I want to play the clip just for context, and then we can talk about it and how what, how we feel about it. The Biden administration recently proposed to let Latinos choose Latino as a race in the next census. So a few key points. One, people are saying Latino is an ethnicity, not a race. But race is socially constructed. We give it meaning. In the 1930 census, a Mexican already appeared as a race in that census, and the number of races has changed over time. 
Number two, I am an indigenous person and I am very proud of those indigenous roots. However, I feel like my experiences as an indigenous presenting looking person is very different than that of people who live in indigenous communities. And so I don't always choose Native American, for example, in a race form. Number three, Already Latinos are choosing other as their race. In the last census, 42% of Latinos chose other. And I feel as though that's a rejection of whiteness. That's a rejection of what we've done in the past, which would be to check the white box, even though many of us are not white. And so we're saying we're something else and we want to be able to have a very imperfect box, but a box that better reflects our experiences. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, give credit where credit is due. That was from uh, Julissa Raya on uh, Instagram, Julissa A-R-C-E. Arke. So, Rooster, you brought this up. Uh, go. <laughs> okay. Um. So, Latino as an option for race. What do we think? Because I do agree that race is a socially constructed uh, thing. I do believe it's this very complex, nuanced uh historic conversation that sometimes we never really truly have. Uh, I think there was also the really good point of if you don't agree with like, I fit in that box then sort of you have other boxes to fit into, but it also complicates this thing, especially with something you and I know about Chibi when we talk about Latinos and quote unquote brownness, mm -hmm. because yes, I'm Mexican. I am not brown. Mm -hmm. I mean, like there's like a, a there's like a cool <laughs> there's, there's undertone, undertone of, of brown. Like you catch it on some summer days. Mm -hmm. But um, overall, like uh, I know even lighter Latinos. My dad, for instance, is very light. He's got basically green eyes, looks nothing like, you know, what brown people would mm -hmm. identify as. Um, and I think that's sort of what this this could, in fact, be connecting to is this idea of Latinos, Hispanic individuals, individuals of of, of that colonized area of Latin America mm -hmm. that is very large and the islands um, having this greater connection to that and the political power that that is go, goes along with that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to unpack here. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, because, like, I agree in something that was mentioned in the video that, like, I have never felt comfortable ticking the white box uh, on a census thing. I'm like, I don't I don't have anything to tick right now. Sometimes it wasn't even an other, you know. Right. Uh, so, like, I don't know where I fit in whatever box people are trying to, like, place me in. I think the larger conversation in question here is this idea the, of of Americanism and how in the United States, America means the United States. When if we look at it, America is two continents. Right. And somehow this country has decided that we've got the United States of America and then we've got Latin America, which is everything south of the U.S. all Canada. the way down. And then we have Canada. Yeah. And that doesn't accurately represent the racial diversity that happens south of the United States. Mm -hmm. And I think they're trying to make it easy by being like, well, we'll give you this because at the very least you can check that, which thank you, I guess, you know, I've and putting every single nationality in its own respective box. That's a big list. Yeah. And, but then it, it's separate from the idea of race too. Sure. But then it also complicates things because, you know, yeah, like if you because then do you just keep it to Latin American countries? Do you also involve things like Jamaican Americans, Haitian Americans, Dominican, you know, like that 
do, do, do they get boxes? So Latino Americans, I kind of understand, or Latinos as a box, I kind of understand. Yeah. But yeah, it's a very complicated thing. I'm not against the idea. Uh, I just don't think it's a fix. <laughs> you know, like it's it's definitely not like a solution. And then the idea of ethnicity as race, like are is is being Hispanic, Spanish, you know, colonized and mixed with indigenous an ethnicity or is it in fact a race? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm not that person. Paul is that person. Answer the question for us, Paul. I, I Where have, do we fit? I, I have no answers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my, my only hand me the book. My only uh, comment on this, honestly, is I wish we would take race off of our censorship, a, cen a census. I wish we would take race off of our census. Like I think, as Americans, race is a social construct. It, it does One. not exist in reality. And I'm kind of to the point where we should just say, you know what? Just take it off. Either either you're American mm. or you're not. And then build from there. Like on, on the census, mm. not, not, I mean, society be has its own issues, but in the census, I wish they'd get rid of it. Because the same conversation can be had in terms of like whether you are African-American or whether you are african and it feels like it's lumped into, right, in right. the sense, as black. Right. And right. those are two very different experiences. You, you can be African-American. I, I consider myself African-American, but I know actual Africans who have migrated here that are African-Americans, and we don't have the same even it, like yeah. ideology of what America should look like because we, mm. we've experienced America differently. Like It's completely different for them than it is for me, and I just go, hey, yeah, I, I get it. That's why I say if from... The, from the place of the census, I wish we would just get rid of the ideology of race altogether. So I, I want to, this kind of, this is why I wanted to bring up this book, or at least this author, is because this fits into this conversation. So Jose Olivares, if if you're not uh, familiar with who that is, is a is a poet based out of Chicago, mm -hmm. is correct? Just released their, his second book, Promises of Gold, but in his first book, um, Citizen Legal, he has this uh, poem called Mexican-American Disambiguation. And in it, he writes, my parents are Mexican who are not to be confused with Mexicans still living in Mexico. Those Mexicans call themselves Mexicanos. Right. And it's this idea of the the identity of a Mexican versus the identity of a Mexicano are two completely separate things. And there's an interesting point that's made in here by the translator about how what separates us is not necessarily the land the distance but it is the act of migration mm -hmm. the moment a mexicano migrates to america to the united states they're now mexicans but see i push country. back against that just a little bit because there's some of us who didn't migrate just the border crossed us yeah and i mean and so and then also to paul's point this is so the thing about the census i agree like race if we got rid of it, that would be awesome. We can just say, okay, cool. But the problem is, is the census also acts as sort of the leader for other forms that people are forced to fill out. So mm -hmm. things like college applications, things where it's like mark what you have for race, mm -hmm. because that also leads into things like who gets selected to get into said colleges. And if they don't have those sort of affirmative action or whatever metrics by which they go by, then they go by, you know, names and then you can have a whole, you're opening mm. a whole other can of worms. So to, to remove race off the census also then inclines universities, jobs, others to remove it off mm -hmm. of their, their hiring practices. And, 
and I think also, and I think also causes an erasure of the fact that this country has been predominantly run on race and racial uh, divides, and like if you can't ignore the fact that since the beginning of what is this country, like race has been a driving factor in what happens and how it happens and who it happens to, right? Like I agree not to sound too kumbaya on the subject, but like, yes, we are the human race period. Right. right? But you can't ignore the history that has been caused by racial divides because if you do, then you can't enact the justices that need to happen in order to, you know, or communities to serve act on that. But, history. but as, as, as long as we still press those divides, then we, we never find a way to we we always start looking at black and latino first right like like i just saw the first black brigadier general mm. of the marines or something and i'm like damn it's 2023 and we're still celebrating you know black first but at some point we have to say like if we if we take the the black out of it then it's just Shout out to this guy who did a thing. Mm -hmm. um, Idris Elba came out recently and was like, I, he didn't like being labeled as a black actor because he's an actor, right? Like he's he's mm -hmm. like don't if if you take the title or the race off of it, like put me up next to George Clooney, put me up next to anybody else who's an actor. But and, do they put him up next to George Clooney? Is he as good as... No, I mean, no, no. That, I'm no, not no, asking no. that question. Yeah, I, and I'm going to say the I exact say same so. thing via... Yeah. And I think Vi Viola Davis has said it. Like, yeah. Viola Davis, Meryl Streep, yeah. right? Why is Meryl Streep... And not to knock Meryl Streep because we stand Meryl Streep. But up. Meryl Streep, I think, collectively is put on this higher pedestal than Viola Davis when if you look at them as actors... Because like, Devil Wears Prada is a lot different with Viola Davis in the lead <laughs> role. And I mean, I'm here for... That might be a better movie, like, low-key. But it's the idea of... <laughs> Like we look at it, you know, we we look at it and then Viola Davis is like, oh, as a black actress, like we're going to applaud her. And it's like, wh why can't you just applaud her as an actress and just I admit like Viola Davis is as good, if not better, of an actress than Meryl Streep? Because I think so many things, even subtly, get viewed through the lens of race. Like I was watching Woman King the other day and I'm like, this movie's just dope. But also it's like. To me, it's not a black movie. It's a historical movie. Like, it's not different than, I mean, it's a better movie, so it is different in that regard, <laughs> than The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. Like, Tom Cruise, is, it, the whole point of that movie is let's show, like, the history of that time. Mm -hmm. but, but Tom Cruise shouldn't have played The Last Samurai. 1,000%. Right. <laughs> we're, we're yes. Yes. We are was, that is the shit, uh, Gods of Egypt that had yeah, no black people in it? at all. It had, it had the Swedish had dude. Christian Bale. No, oh, yeah, it did. And the Swedish dude from uh, <laughs> Game of Thrones. Bale was in Gods of Egypt? Something like Wasn't that. Wasn't he not? Yeah. I, I refused to watch it. I was like, I'm not watching yeah. it. I shit. didn't watch it either. Yeah, so like, but I thought I thought he was. Uh but what you were saying, Paul, like reminded me of uh something that my father said. My father, ever the pragmatic, uh uh most interesting man in the world, uh was reading my bio and like my bio always kind of starts with like Chibi is a Mexican born, Texas raised, queer poet, yada 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 yada. And he's like, Why do you have to say that you're a queer poet? Because I am. I was like, but do you do you have to announce it that way? And it's like, well, kind of, yeah. Mm. At this, you know, in today's standards, a little bit, a little bit. It's, I mean, if you read my work, there's no like uh, confusion about whether or not I'm queer, <laughs> right? Uh, but it also, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an indicator. It's also some sort of similar to like identity as genre. So it's like when he, when you say like I'm a queer poet, it's like 
if you see queer poetics in my work, don't be surprised. Mm-hmm. And it kind of also signals anyone who's looking for that to find it. Mm-hmm. Similar with like black directors, black, you know, movies. Mm-hmm. We all, me and Paul always talk about like the difference between like black fame versus white fame. And I think you could say the same thing with like Latino fame. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of famous Latinos like uh, Gabriel, I forget his last name, but Fluffy. Fluffy. Who's like, he's not popping nationally, but like he can come to San Antonio, sell out Fluffy's shows. not white famous? He ain't white famous. Fluffy's not white famous. Nah, I disagree. I mean, I I'm, I view it through a biased lens because I'm Latino, and so I, I thought he was I, I white famous I too. I he was white famous too. Like, black people know he's him. Like, he's like, <laughs> yeah, no, but that's because we kind of, because he crosses over into some black movies sometimes. Right, okay, you're right. It's kind of like Kevin Hart. Like, Mexicans knew who Kevin Hart was early. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because we watched Comic View and shit like that. Kevin Hart's white famous, right? Oh, yeah, he's white okay, famous okay. now. He was in Jumanji <laughs> 1 and 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, well, and that kind of touches on something I think we talked about a couple episodes about this idea of the cross crossing over that divide into um you know being i guess white famous right that's what it is famous and kind of like uh, it it was probably the mary j blige of it all in which we like discussed like mary j blige said i don't need to be a pop star i'm an r&b star and i'm just going to stay there Mm -hmm. right and so never became beyonce but within certain circles she is the beyonce of the r&b world right Mm -hmm. so White famous, brown famous. Mary J. Blige is not white famous. N- no. Even though she was in a Burger she did King the commercial. In. Yeah, she was. She she hit the Burger King and I think Popeyes. Like she she oh, got she some was commercial work and she's singing about chicken in the yeah. Popeyes commercial. Yeah, it was which really, is his own problematic. Yeah, which wow. is really weird. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean white fame is that interesting thing, and like it's it's like. How do you cross over into it? Because now you can say Pedro Pascal is kind of crossing over into that. Mm -hmm. And it's that interesting thing, because, again, with Latinos, it's like we care so much about our nationality, our ethnicity, our Mm -hmm. heritage and things like that. And, you know, he's Chilean as and and, but Latino on a census, it just fits so many different everything. Right. It's it's the catch all. It's the umbrella. Right. Right. That then underneath that, we can acknowledge nuance. And I don't know, is there a necessary to catch? capture all that nuance on a census like do i think we, do for we political need, power for economic power in some respects yes do we need to know how many chileans are living in the united states yeah if more of them start moving here okay because i mean because that's like when you look at the whole growing majority minority conversation mm-hmm. like latinos are we're at the head of that and then you have the sort of xenophobic fear of i forget the year that they kind of always go back to but it's always like 2057 like it's gonna flip like white people aren't gonna be the majority anymore and then there was this one comedian who was like yeah y'all are gonna be like 48 percent, but you're still the majority it's not like <laughs> the minorities are all like in you know collusion yeah, we're, we're, and we're just like we got now. We got it. I, yeah. I always look at things. I mean, I'm black, right? So I look at things from a black lens from time to time. Wait, what? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> First of all, let me start by saying I'm only 74% black. I did my uh, ancestry and I'm 26% like white, white. Like, oh, like, shit. I'm, like, like Irish? Like, I think I'm uh, 15% Irish. Wow. And like, uh, yeah. I can like, see the Irish it, in you. It's the freckles. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, I, even with the census, though, one of the things I, I look at, though, is like how things like this affect, you know, black demographic, right? And this is why I say I, I kind of want us to get rid of the, the race question altogether because what I've seen is there was a period on the census where it was just black, white, other, right? Mm. And what they started doing was opening up to white, but um, 
a white, black, or like um, where you could be Hispanic and still consider yourself white or black, but Hispanic. Mm-hmm. But it started changing the way the numbers looked for black Americans. Mm. And so what black Americans started seeing was our number was growing. And then it suddenly started dwindling when Latinos could say, well, I'm not I'm really black. Yeah. I'm white, but I'm Dominican. Right. Or mm-hmm. I'm white, but I'm, you know, but I'm Hispanic. And so the number, so when we talk about social programs, mm-hmm. then that's why I say, for me, just get rid of it all together and let's just, so people can start asking for money in their community for the community as a whole. Because if I, I live on the east side, and yep. on the east side, when I grew up, it was all, it was mostly black. But I still want to see money funneled into the east side, even though now it's not mostly black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, but, but I still want to see money there. I still want to see people mm. putting money in the east side, even if the east side is not mostly black anymore. And to Chibi's Kumbaya, Kumbaya point, if you start looking at groups of people based on their socioeconomics as opposed to just race mm-hmm. and start spreading out the funds and, mm-hmm. and, and, and things yep. like that, you you could get a yep. healthier sense of like where help needs to go, what social programs need to be uh, 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 paid for. Mm-hmm. And I think that could also be really uh, work really well. Too. My husband and I have talked about this on multiple uh, multiple times because a lot of his family, if you go back, came uh grew up in louisiana uh and that area and were lower social economic status and so like they grew up e- eating cornbread and chitlins and like all the all the kind of stuff that you would necessarily attribute to black southern culture but they're white but it's because it had nothing to do with race it has to do right. with like we poor Where you and, grew up and, and this and, is yeah. this is we, what we can afford to eat right. you know and this is what we cook and, and this can, is what was of the region yeah. right yeah, you can look at it regionally. You can look at it socioeconomically. And you could, because white is also not a monolith. And I think sometimes we treat no. it like a monolith, but like it's a monolith because a lot of the... Have you ever had a conversation with Swedes? <laughs> <laughs> if you if you actually like break down like the monolith of whiteness, like rural white people have a lot in common with like inner city black Latino people in terms of the lack of funding that goes mm-hmm. to help them out, the lack of opportunities in the areas that they live in, a lot of things yeah. like that. It's called poverty. Yeah, <laughs> essentially. And to be clear, we're talking about this from... with. A, you know, United States lens on it. Right. Right. And this was this was made very clear to me recently when I was talking to I work with a lot of people that don't live in the United States. And, uh, you know, we take a census of our community members at our job uh, at my organization. And a lot of them were like, we don't understand this term person of color. Like, that's just not a thing that people identify as outside of the United States, right? Over here in Europe, we're either German or French, French or Spanish or, you know, and you can be black and Spanish, right? And you yeah. can be French and you, like so many different things that like right. person of color is is a United States invented term. Oh, definitely. That nobody else in the world is like, but yeah, it's because of yeah, it just goes back to the history and the founding of it. To be to be unambiguous about this, we all all three of us believe that race is a social construct and it's just complete bullshit. But what do y'all think, audience? Let us know after two tequila shots at gmail.com. That's DM after the number Paul two tequila shots at gmail.com. Uh let's move on to our next segment. 
I think that's the, was the right one. Uh, we had what's the tweet, but now we're transitioning to other social media platforms because Twitter is a shit show. So how much for a gram? That's a great name, by the way. <laughs> Uh, what the gram? How much for a gram? Uh, the segment where we talk about something we saw on Instagram and discuss. So it's... lead the, the conversation, Shabby. <laughs> Hardly, because I'm going to include whatever we were talking about beforehand. Uh, there, there are words on the page that I have misspelled because I have zero context as to the conversation we're about to go into. Bomani Jones, Utah, Jazz. Carl Malone. Play the clip. Where's my phone so we can play this clip that, that Rooster found on uh, on Instagram and we can talk about it. I'm, I'm so Carl Malone being a huge part of All-Star Weekend. You could basically make this question, what are your thoughts about Carl Malone? And stop it right there. Like, it, it doesn't have to be an occasion. Because I hated Carl Malone so much before I had a great reason. I only had good ones. <laughs> like, just being a dirty player, elbowing people all the time, you know, that sort of stuff. And then, you know, we find out the whole thing, if you don't know this, that when he was in college, Carl Malone had a baby with a 12-year-old. There's never been any sort of reckoning for Malone because Malone lays low. Like, he just out there in the country, driving his semi, doing whatever, whatever it is that Carl Malone does out there. But if you're doing something for Utah basketball, it's like Carl Malone. So we got Carl Malone and John Stockton. John Stockton is crazy conspiracy guy. And I'm just kind of like, I know a lot of people that think crazy things, as long as you don't say it on the microphone there, I guess, right? But Carl Malone, you're kind of supposed to leave him at home, except if you're the league. I heard a lot of y'all when I told y'all those details that you'd never heard them before. Right? And so why is Carl Malone not there? Then you make this more a story. And so I would imagine that there's a very cynical outlook on how to play it. So I never want to see Carl Malone ever, all time, any other point. But he's going to be there, and it's going to be wild uncomfortable for a lot of people. And then tomorrow we're going to forget it ever happened. All right, give, give credit to the clip, and then... Uh, Bamani Jones uh, with his talk show on HBO. Bamani Jones, a great sports writer. Just uh, You a Bamani fan? Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. cool. Bamani's way too smart for sports, though. Kind of, right? Like, that, that's the problem with Bamani. He's like... <laughs> Bomani, he's, no, is no, that no. the problem with Bamani, or is that the problem with sports? <sighs> Ooh. Good point. Well, Good. because, like, yeah, in the hot take industry that is ESPN, yeah. Bamani just says, like, really smart things. And everyone's like, wow, that was smart, Bamani. But what's this other person yelling about? <laughs> yeah. 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 He's not the yeller who just yells shit. He's, like, really smart. And his content is always thoughtful. And, and you're usually like, right. And usually right. And you're like, damn, like, that's, like, that, that took thought. That's not just. Michael Jordan's the greatest. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, anyway, back to the this issue. So what happened was uh, recently we had All-Star Weekend in Utah, uh, the home of the Utah Jazz, the basketball organization, not like jazz actually exists right. in Utah because that does not happen. Why were, why are they named the Jazz? Because ori- do you want to know the history real I, quick? I like they were originally from New Orleans. Oh, and they were the one New of those Orleans things. Jazz, and then they moved to Kinda Utah. like they're trying to take the Spurs to Las Vegas. That's a fact. Okay. That's a fact. Google it. They moved to St. Louis. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. That yeah, too. Yeah. St. Louis Jazz. And then to they Utah. moved to Utah. And yeah. And then they kept the name. Okay. But what's wild is in the whole logo is just the Rockies and everything else is Utah except the name. But anywho. Anywho. Uh, similar the, to the Lakers. Similar the to the Lakers where they don't have lakes. <laughs> <laughs> but the All-Star game was in uh, in Utah. Before we get into that, did you see the All-Star game? Uh, no. 
No, no. Are you are you anti All Star Game? No, I was I was traveling. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um. So it was happening in in the great state of Utah and um, beautiful city or beautiful state. Uh, however, there's, there's a lake. There's lakes. They're <laughs> salty. <laughs> and uh, as a big part of this, during one of the dunk competitions, they brought in former Utah Jazz historic NBA player in terms of points and, and a number of other accolades, Carl uh, Malone. And as you heard in the clip, Carl uh, Malone has a very checkered past as it relates to a child he had when he was uh, in college with a 12 year old. And that pl- that child eventually grew up to become a professional football player and over the course of it if you want more Carl Malone is a scumbag facts uh Carl Malone was basically like yeah no I don't mess with you child I, I've been out of your life way too much whatever go good luck and that's just kind of how it's always been so the fact that because the all-star game was happening in Utah and they brought Carl Malone out here it raises the question should the NBA even be messing with Carl Malone? Can, can I add more to the Carl Malone is disgusting? <laughs> Do it. He yeah. also had... Because uh, I want to add, is this even a question? He, he also had uh, the a child with a girl who was a little bit older. Like she, she wasn't 12, but she was a little bit older that he didn't deal with at all until she became a WNBA star, uh, until she got to the WNBA. Mm-hmm. So he has a daughter in the WNBA that he didn't really deal with until... She got the WNBA. Like he's just a shitty dad, but he's also a shitty human. Right. Who so, just really loves fishing and uh, putting right. on for the state of Louisiana and Utah. So again, raises the question: Should this even be in a question? Like, well, why is the NBA still fucking with? Uh, I thought we. Why does the Oscars still fuck with Woody Allen, man? Why does the Oscars? You know, they do they? I can't remember the last time Woody Allen was anywhere near he's still an award invited. show. I think it's one of those things, like. Like um, Bomani said in the clip, I really think it is when the All-Star game comes to your city, right? Your city generally puts on display somebody from your city mm-hmm. who is a legend. And unfortunately, the Utah Jazz only have two legends. One, which is um, John Stockton. And John Stockton is gone. He's in the wind. Like, we don't know where John Stockton is. <laughs> He disapparated. No, we know where he is. (laughs) And the other is Carl Malone. So when your city has the All-Star game, they need need a legend to say, look at us celebrating what we've been able to do. Here's a legend. Unfortunately, the legend that they brought is a pedophile. Mm -hmm. Like, Like, this is the legend. Does does pedophilia not immediately revoke your legend status? Talk about it. Should it? Yeah. Yes. Should it? Yes. Does it? Are we going to talk about the Michael Jackson of it all? No, we are not. <laughs> no, 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 the fuck we are not. <laughs> not unless we have some thorough research evidence to talk which about is, which Mike. Is true. And a lot of that is, is murky. What is not murky is that Carl Malone literally has biological children from mm-hmm. the people that this happened to. Yes. Mm-hmm. That, that little girl was 12 when she got pregnant. We yeah. can prove that. Yeah. Okay. That's that's a fact. So, yeah. again, this is what we found on Instagram. This is uh, I know we're supposed to make ha-has and lights of it. Uh, it's not. But I don't know if we have to make ha-has and lights of it, but I think it's 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 interesting to to discuss. Like, you know, like I'm really like someone who 
literally know. does yeah. not know anything about the, the world of sports. I, I, I misspelled Bomani and I misspelled Carl. Okay. And, and separated Utah and jazz. And I separated Utah and jazz because I thought we were talking about two separate things, the state of Utah and jazz music. So as someone who is completely disconnected from the sports world, one, I am blown away that this is even a thing, right? Mm-hmm. That we are having to have this conversation, that it is 2023 and we're still like, yeah, but invite Carl, invite Carl. Uh, what? But who but, else is having this conversation? You know what though? Here's a, here's the thing though, Chibi, that I think is part of the issue. Carl Malone was able to skirt all of this in a time when the internet wasn't prevalent, in a time when mm-hmm. you know cancel culture didn't exist. He retired before mm-hmm. all of these things became very public. Okay. Like it was, it there were rumblings, but he retired before this became very public. So I think the problem is. Most people don't know about it. Mm-hmm. Like this is one of those things where you bring him out. Well, Bomani made that point where, like, when right. I said this, like, most of y'all had no idea, right? And and that so that's the thing that you you think, yeah, if there aren't enough rumblings, we can bring him out, and it won't it won't change things. We need a legend. He's a legend. People don't know this exists, so and the people who do know don't care. So it's almost one of those things where it's um. Kind of like when 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 Gucci made the uh, the full lip sweater, or mm-hmm. like when when we see brands do things and they they think, oh, this. I mean, can we talk about the J.K. Rowling's of it all? It, it, mm-hmm. it won't be that bad until oh shit, it's that bad. Mm-hmm. So you know, you somebody in the in the office didn't think this through because they knew it, they had to know about Keep it. Keep it profitable until it's not right, mm-hmm. right. And mm-hmm. So and, and at the end of the day. They'll have an all-star game next year. He won't be there, and this will not even be a conversation. Yeah, like Momani said, like people will be outraged for a day, and then the next day they'll forget it ever happened. And truly, and how do you on. cancel Carl Malone at this point? Like, right, right. He yeah. literally does nothing except drive tractor trailers and fish in oh, Louisiana. I mean, yeah. do we cancel him or do we prosecute him? I think statute of limitations. Yeah. Sure. I don't know. Sure. It was Louisiana. Like, you can have sex with 12-year-olds in Louisiana, according to <sighs> Back then, yeah. 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 Shout out to the state of Louisiana. <laughs> 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 oh, on that note, uh, I don't know where we go from. Oh, I there. got one other thing. Hold on. Oh, okay, wait, wait, wait. this still goes back to how much for a gram. This was another thing uh, that was coming up, and I think it's a good conversation. Okay, the recent Rihanna, ASAP Rocky, Vogue. I think it was either. Uh, France or, or or I was gonna say France or Paris. That's the four tequila shots talking. Uh, <laughs> the, the the country of Paris. The country of Paris. Uh, where Rihanna and uh, ASAP Rocky were on the cover, and there's been kind of a little backlash about the the effeminization of of black men because ASAP's in the back holding his child. Rihanna's sort of posted up front, uh, and it was kind of getting a lot of traction on on a lot of different sides. Uh, toxic masculinity seems to be kind of loud right now. Uh, just wanted to kind of know what y'all feel on the subject. This is the first I'm hearing of it. And I'm trying to find France. Is it France? And the Jonathan Majors of it all. I, he, here's okay. So I, I'll, while Chibi looks it up, I'll I'll tell you uh, the Vogue. Anybody mad about the Vogue article is an idiot, in my opinion, and I'm saying it is an idiot because the the article is about. Rihanna, mm-hmm. like, so the fact that Rihanna had um, a article and said, hey, just type, type in Vogue and Rihanna. I don't think that you're going to get it that way. No, yeah, just yeah, type it, it, I think he was making that up. I think it was not. 
There you go. UK. Okay, UK Vogue. <laughs> the whole kingdom. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, but I, How I, very American of you. Yeah. I, 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 like, it, the article is about Rihanna, and he just happened to be her dude, so he's holding their baby. Like, anybody who was bothered by that, I'm like, what? why are you bothered by the fact that she, she is the white famous one? True. Because ASAP Rocky. On, hold on, Chibi. Name one ASAP Rocky song. Please. I can't even spell ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> he would not put that dollar sign in the name. You know he would not. No, he would no, not no. Put that oh, 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 is ASAP a K dollar sign? Ha. Huh? Yes. Per, kind of person. Yeah. Oh Keisha. yeah, yeah. Keisha. Keisha. Yeah. See, yeah. K yeah, yeah. dollar sign. Ha. Huh? Yeah. yeah. A yeah. dollar sign. Up. Yeah. 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 No. Couldn't. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely not. So I won't even ask you what ASAP stands for. We'll uh, just keep it moving. Did, oh, <laughs> uh, is Rocky and Bullwinkle? No. no, no. Rocky <laughs> Horror? Rocky Balboa? Surprised I know that one. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I guess that, that was my hope. When I saw people getting mad, I'm like, this is her article, though. The fact that she thought I'm going to get my guy a little bit of shine is, is bigger than the fact that he's in the background. Right. So people are pissed about the cover. Let's go images, yeah. Yeah. People are pissed about the cover. The cover, for sure. Yeah. Because he's in the background holding his baby mama's baby. Yeah. When yeah. she's clearly the superstar. She's and clearly. the billionaire. Masculinity would be so fragile. Ma- oh, so fragile. So fragile. God. And even with the Jonathan Majors thing, they said he was being emasculated. But I'm like, first of all, and I'm going to say this as a cisgender straight man, that picture of Jonathan Majors was fucking amazing. It was fire. <laughs> I was like, yo. Yeah. Like if I was that shredded, <laughs> guess what I'd be what I would be wearing Monday through Friday. No, uh, Jonathan Majors Ebony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an Ebony. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. But yeah, that it, Oh, I saw I saw that. If, yeah, if I, I was I that, that shredded, y'all would never see me in, in a, a shirt. shirt? <laughs> Fuck out of here. Any shirt that I had would uh-huh. be net. It would be lace. It would be something that you could see through. And this yeah. this is why it fucks with you, Paul, because like your masculinity is not fragile. You can look at and you too, Rooster. Uh, oh, you okay. you can look at at a shredded, handsome man and be like, that that's a handsome man. Oh, I, I looked at Jonathan Majors and was like, I am not taking a single woman to see Rocky. Well, but also, well, <laughs> yeah, right. like she has to go home with me. Like I'm not I'm not taking a woman to see Rocky and then we have to go home together. Nah, I'm she gonna make me get a gym membership. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. But also, but see, the other thing too is masculinity does this weird thing where it's like you see other men like a Jonathan Majors who's that shredded and it turns into this weird like toxic envy thing where it's like that's masculinity and it's always trying to redefine masculinity in these weird ways. And then when it doesn't fit in that mold, it's like it, it feels like it's under attack. That's hilarious. Oh, wow. You did not. <laughs> Look. No, no, that's not how you spell it. That's not. I thought I did it right. Sap. Sap with an A. Yeah. Okay. There you go. There we go. This is amazing. <laughs> like, like, I never knew that Chibi did not know this much about hip hop. I don't. But I, I don't. I, I knew he didn't know anything, but I like. <laughs> right. But, but, but you thought anything was a little bit yeah, above I, I, I thought, nothing? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I don't. I know Missy Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know she has a misdemeanor in the middle? Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. <laughs> All right. Missy, then, then you're winning. Then you're winning. Elliot. Okay. Did, did you know about corners. the group's sister? 
Sister, sister? Nah. I know about the the Disney shows. Is that is that a thing? Sister, no, don't, sister. Don't worry about it. Don't, All right, we're moving pre, on. Pre Missy Elliott, don't worry about um, it. But yeah, toxic masculinity is uh, pretty loud right now, and it's and sad. it's this weird thing where it it, it really hamstrings. Is this one of the pictures? Dude. This is no, this is because see, ASAP. That's the other thing about ASAP Rocky is that he is also. Would you say ASAP Rocky, even though he is maybe not white famous, he also does have that sort of like couture fame he is couture famous yes which is its okay. own separate thing yeah where it's like he he has more is very white very white but is more european white yes and so yeah. he is very like tapped into that he's modeled he's where he does elaborate fashion shows so is that what because this is uk vogue so is that maybe where it's coming where the backlash is coming where it's like in the unite in the uk like asap is kind of white famous I, I think the, I have no idea. I, I think the backlash came mostly from, you know what? I'm gonna say it: black men who don't know how to deal with the woman who was Rihanna. You know what I'm saying? That's that's where I I saw black men upset about the way that they made ASAP look, and I'm like, y'all are idiots because. I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm married to Rihanna, not married, if I have a baby by Rihanna. <laughs> Listen, if we talking. Yeah, if, if, if Rihanna is my baby mama, she could be dragging me through the sand by my hair. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, dude. I'm, I'm, wish you were me. Yeah, dude. Wish you were me. <laughs> I'm hitting Rihanna, dude. Like, what? what, what is the argument? Yeah. Like, I, and honestly looking at this cover objectively as someone who does not know anything about whatever's going on in their personal worlds this cover's fire like she looks fire. incredible and she's the he's a loving father that baby looks happy as fuck type which in, like mm -hmm. type in jonathan majors uh how do i spell jonathan it's it's the regular jonathan yeah he's black but he still spells it the regular way and John. one last thing about this cover too that i'll just say is the fact that that the ASAP part of it is taking away from the Rihanna part of it is interesting too, because it, I, in my opinion, the cover is more saying, "Look, this is a woman who, in in many regards, has it all. Mm -hmm. She has the billion dollar business. She has the music career. She has now a, a loving, caring she has partner. Fashion. She, she has, has love. Supports, she has a family. A child, like a, now a, a second child on the way. Shout out to Rihanna. You're welcome on the pod. Yes, <laughs> I think I and ASAP. I go. <laughs> I mean, sure. No, yeah, ASAP's no, no, cool. No, no, no. You know what? Rihanna's cool. Shout out to ASAP. Yeah, because ASAP has secured himself. <laughs> Crazy. No, but not. Only, I mean, if we want to talk about like black culture and black male culture, like ASAP is comfortable in himself to be like, yeah, she's the bad bitch in this and relationship. And so is Jonathan Majors. And Who's I, running and up I on am, Jonathan? And like I am, this? you know, like I am too in my own regard. But like, yeah, she she is the one, right? You know, yeah, like and this, I am happy to be the one in the background because I am with her. We have a family. We're successful. Like, what what does ASAP have to complain about? Right. At all. And has his own success that is totally independent of her. I'm talking about him like I actually know anything <laughs> about him. You're doing good. Uh, I'm hanging in there. Jonathan? Run up on Jonathan Majors. Jonathan That's all Majors? I'm going to say. Run up on this dude who was training for Creed 3 and tell him he looked kind of whack in his cover shoot. Tell bro. him he looked gay with this like flowery Yo. pink cape going on. And these, oh, these, oh, oh, these are boots. And tell me what, tell me how this is any different than like what Lenny Kravitz has been doing for the last 10 years. Tell me how this is different from what? any of your fake, like when you look at R&B stars yeah. during the uh, disco era, this is what they wore. Uh -huh. Straight up. <laughs> tell me how this is any different, except for the fact that I know how this is different than what Harry Styles and Bad Bunny are currently doing. True. I mean, yeah. 
Oh, I'll tell you what's different. Jonathan Major will beat the shit out of all of them. Like, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I don't saying. know. I feel like Bad Bunny could like beat the shit out of somebody and probably has. Hey, probably, not Jonathan Majors. Not Jonathan Majors. No, not no. Jonathan Majors. no absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely somebody, not. But, but not that guy. Yeah, Those but, are not pecs. Those are peck pillows. Yeah. Those are like extra people <laughs> written, prepared to whip your ass on his chest. <laughs> uh, if you don't know what we're looking at, we're looking at the ebony cover of Jonathan Majors. Uh, and it is he is in this floral pink cape with these looks like uh crotch high blue boots i think they're boot pants i think they're boot pa- pants yeah, I, think they're, I think somebody said they were like pants that were because look at the uh picture let's look yeah. at this one yeah okay they're boot pants yes yeah. okay so there is a crotch to them it's not like would you chaps. rock the boot pants who me i don't want to who are you talking about <laughs> um depending on where i was going I, I, yeah i would have to yeah but oh. I, could, I could here's the problem i couldn't rock them now Oh, because of the controversy? No, because he has oh, them all, and, and I don't look like that. Sure. <laughs> sure. I could, and yeah. I would, and I will. Yeah, if I look like that, then shit. Dude, I'm telling you, I'm shirtless everywhere. Everywhere. What is, 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 is this a cardigan onesie that he would like? Does this go all the way down? It looks comfortable, I'll tell you that. With a book? What book is he reading? What is Jonathan Majors reading? <laughs> <laughs> we want to know. why. But yeah. Okay. Uh, toxic masculinity. Uh, you have no place in this conversation. Like, nah. uh, shut up. And we got to get beyond it, fellas. Get beyond it. Uh, get beyond it and get Beyonce. So how much for a gram? Thank you all. That was, that was how much for a gram. Apparently it's toxic masculinity and Carl Malone. Hey. Aren't the two the same thing? Listen. Okay, listen, y'all. This has been another fantastic episode of After Two Tequila Shots. I'm going to go ahead and put the music on. Thank you for tuning in. If you are still here after episode three, uh, I would reevaluate your life choices, but I'm grateful that you are with us. Uh, shout out to Paul for joining us on the pod this week. Appreciate y'all for having me, man. Appreciate you. I don't know why Paul came. Paul does not drink um, <laughs> at all. Uh, but I did invite him because I don't think Paul actually needs a drink to be unfiltered, un- At all. uncensored, and unpredictable. Uh, yeah. but, but Paul is always distilled. Distilled. I don't know that I'm ever distilled. <laughs> uh, if you want more information about where you can get more information about us, it's not out there, but uh, you can email us. Rooster, what's that email? Uh, that email is after two tequila shots at gmail.com. Number two. That's the number two after number two tequila shots at gmail.com. If you have anything to say to us, please email us. If you have any segments you would like us to cover, please let us know. If you um, have any tweets or Instagram posts that you saw that you'd be like, hey, uh, I want you all to talk about this, send it our way. Uh, And also, we're not opposed to talking about Pedro Pascal every episode until the end of The Last of Us. If you think we need to stop, let us know. No. (laughs) <laughs> no, I won't take that feedback. I will not. Okay. Uh, if you un- think Chibi needs more DMX in his life, let him know. Yeah. <laughs> DM me to tell me to give Chibi more DMX. Do, do I, as a queer person, need more DMX in my life? Totally. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, Why should we listen to DMX and just come out hard? Like next week, y'all. <laughs> next week, come, come back next week and find out what we are talking about, which it might be my exposure to DMX. Uh, until then, I don't. I don't. We don't have a sign off, y'all. We're gonna keep drinking and have some. Well, burgers. follow Paul on Instagram or where? Where are you at? There Paul? you go. Yeah. Oh, um, everywhere at Paul did it. P a u l d i d i t. Because he probably did. Yeah. Black America clothing. 
Oh. Oh, let's talk about Black America Clothing real quick. Go for it. Oh, shit. Uh, I have a clothing company called Black America Clothing Company. You can find us on Instagram at Black America Clothing Co. Uh, what did we We just dropped a, a really dope hoodie. Mm. Um, we got some a bunch of stuff in the works, though. Can so, you show yeah. us the hoodie? For I don't know if we're going to use this footage, but just show us the hoodie. I don't have it. But you're wearing a hoodie. Oh, I'm wearing a hoodie, yeah. But this, a, a Black this American Clothing. This hoodie is not available. I'm... <laughs> I own the company, so I make shit just for me. So I made this hoodie just for me. There you this go. This is a one of one. Speaking right now. of flowers, pink just, flowers, pink flowers. Hey, yeah, I made this because I love Jonathan Majors. Yeah, <laughs> you can follow Rooster at Bruce MTZ Instagram. That's it. That's it. And uh, if you want to follow me, it's Gemini's G E M I N E Y E S on Instagram and Gemini's Poetry everywhere else. Uh, because I got that handle when Instagram was first born, and then by the time I branched out into other social media, it was taken. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, until next time, y'all. I want burgers. I'm here for it. We out. <laughs> <laughs>